The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. Let's go, baby! Are you ready for a break? Yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is a Monday. It's Monday, August 27th, 2018, season 14, episode number 32. Welcome to the break. I'm Derek Eagleton. Episode what? 32. Oh, thank you. Why, you didn't understand what I said? No, I didn't hear it. I wanted to make sure I I was on the same page of one episode. I keep up. I keep up. I do keep up. It's a Scandrick episode. It is a Scandrick episode. Would be grumpy? No. Do you have to ask for that? Alumba. Donovan Alumba. Welcome to the SWBC Mortgage Studios. Uh, We're coming off a game. Cowboys lose last night, 27 to nothing. Um, No, 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 no. You just gonna shortchange Brett Maher like that? Oh, sorry. Three points. You tuned out, right? (laughs) Yeah, I did. I did. I don't even remember those last three points. 27 to three. (laughs) All right, so 27 to three. Yeah, they didn't get shut out. Big difference. Okay. Maybe. Uh, they didn't get shut out, but we're going to talk. We're going to put that all in perspective today because I've seen all kinds of stuff on social media, which, of course, social media always goes a little crazy with things. Uh, but we're going to put it in perspective today. We're going to talk to you guys about what we think that all means, if it means anything, with it being a preseason game um, and with the guys that the Cowboys had out there. But I do, throughout the show, want to hear from you guys. I want you to give us a call and let us know what you think, what maybe you're concerned about as as you watch that game last night, as we have one more preseason game this week and then next week it all uh, turns to the regular season. I want to know what fans are concerned about. What are the things that, that you uh, coming off this preseason are are wondering if the Cowboys are going to be able to get better at and be able to be able to compete in those areas? Call us at 888-855-2297 so you can chime into the conversation. How's everybody doing today? We good? I'm awesome. Yeah. Good. Perfect. All right. So let's <laughs> let's get into let's get into the conversation uh, on the game. I guess as a big picture thing, I'd like you guys to tell me first how dismissive or not you are of what happened last night. Obviously, the starters on offense primarily didn't play. The veteran starters, uh, for the most part, didn't play. Uh, there were a couple defensive starters that didn't play. Although the first team defense did get a chance to get out there. Cowboys just look completely out of it from from the word go. Uh, And as we said, end up losing 27-3. to Uh, Tell me how dismissive you are or not of what you saw last night and what it means for the future. Nick. Well, I thought, you know, let's let's look at some of the positives. I mean, the first-team defense did play, and they played really well. I think they posted a shutout, you would say, in the first half. Uh, a couple ter- touchdowns were not on the defense. I thought they looked good all preseason. They look very fast. Uh, there's some very positive things to point to for that defense. They were trying to play. They had their starters out there, and they looked really good. So that's the positive thing that came out. I'll let someone else talk about maybe the flip side of it, the Amber. offense. Talk about the negative. Go. Whoa. Just just the one negative. The one negative. There's plenty of negative. I mean, I get get upset a little bit of the people that just kind of go off on Twitter and get so upset about the Cowboys losing the game. And you got to remember, these are not your first team guys. So there's a big difference there. And someone sent me a comment. I'm like, oh, are you saying they didn't make any effort? They weren't putting an effort out there? It's not about effort. Obviously, there is a big difference between backup guys and the starters. Now, as far as depth goes, and and that has been a a concern right now, who the backup guys are at this point is very important. And clearly – what we saw yesterday, last night, was not very promising at all as far as backup guys. I guess uh, there's also a difference when you combine several starters and then you have maybe a one backup guy. that We shouldn't be seeing something as bad as we saw last night, but this does raise a lot of questions. Dave. I, uh, I'm calling it a wash. It's a complete and like, I, I don't view it particularly good or bad one way or the other for either side of the ball, honestly. And the reason why is you can look at this across a variety of spectrums. Defense looked really, really good. I think we would all agree that they did and they have to their credit. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald and David Johnson didn't play in this game the same way that Zach Martin and Travis Frederick didn't. Um, the offense looked pretty 
awful, pathetic even. Uh, they were going against Chandler Jones and Patrick Peterson. I mean, it's it's hard to do a full evaluation with the way this is all mismatched. I think the best way to look at this is just to literally individually pick things out. Like maybe the most encouraging thing from the whole game for me is that I thought Joe Looney looked like he played pretty well uh, going against who he went against, playing with Lyle Collins and Connor Williams. Obviously, uh, Zach and Tyron weren't out there. I thought he played really well. I thought, obviously, again, you got to keep the personnel in mind with the defense, but that is an encouraging trend over the course of three preseason games that you feel good about what they've done. Um, Other than that, again, just kind of a, a wash. And that's, you know, I'll even... I'll own it. I didn't want to see good players out there. And that's what you get when you don't put good players out there. It was boring and ugly, um, but it's better than the alternative, which is talking about somebody not being available right now because they got hurt. So, so we know Dave, how Dave falls on that. For you two, you think that was the right decision, uh, not letting some of the, a lot of those veterans play last night. Because when you think about it in the grand scheme of things, I think Dave has made a point that you know at the end of the day, doesn't really matter you still these guys are still going to be ready to play when the season begins but if you're one of the people that believes you got to play football to be ready to play football your running back is not going to play a preseason snap right. your your middle line I mean your your best linebacker is going to play what a few snaps that he got in, in the second week of preseason your quarterback won't play for this week or next week probably um, so there's a ton of guys that just won't get Definitely. if you believe in that won't get that kind of seasoning heading into the season. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that this is the first time that we've seen Zeke not get any uh, carries at all in the preseason, but it's not like he got a ton. I mean, this is like down from like six or seven to zero, and I think in that Seattle game, his rookie year, he had a few there. Um, and, and, he, you know, he hasn't actually started out the seasons that great um, anyways. Uh, first two games, I think, for the first of his two um, seasons, he ha- hasn't been – that effective uh, the second game last year was one of the worst games we've ever seen from him so I think there's different theories on on exactly you know what how he gets ready to play he's had an outstanding Zeke he's had an outstanding training camp um, and I think that he'll he'll be fine but I, I would have liked to seen a little bit sorry to answer your question so long but I think the domino effect of Zach then Travis led to well, you know what not Tyron so not Dak so not Zeke and then it just makes sense that way that, w- that was the best decision and I don't think those guys I mean they're not gonna really improve in the span of like a week and a half so you know what you're getting with Z you know what you're getting with Dak and all those guys there so this time I would say this is the right time and the time that is needed to see the guys that we did get to see last night and crucial time for them I was expecting to see a little more that made you feel better especially let's say the backup quarterback position that that was pretty disappointing, but it, it, it's, I mean, I guess this is where we're at right now. But yes, to answer your question, I think it was the best decision to keep them out. Speaking of the backup quarterbacks, four of the eight turnovers last night came from those two quarterbacks, Cooper Rush, Mike White. Eight. Uh, eight. Yes. Eight turnovers. Eight. Eight turnovers. When was the last time you saw a game with eight turnovers? <laughs> like Pee-wee. Preseason, regular season, I don't care. Like any, any level of football. Like that's a lot. That's stuff like where you're fum- like when you watch a high school team where the center can't snap the ball. Right. Like, yeah. Anyway, and the worst part is it was a minus eight in in the you know yeah. ratio. Yeah, you don't get any in return. You would, How about that? You That's- would think if you have you would think that if you have eight turnovers, you'll at least be like minus six. You know, like maybe your defense gets you, you two. Did you yeah. hear minus like, eight? I asked Jason the. I asked Jason the Garrett. Yeah, the Garrett. <laughs> I asked him in the press conference about these turnovers and he just went down the line and he was just like well this one this you know this play was bad then this interception he's got to do this there's two what else he's like oh and then you know rod smith did there's three there's four you know he's getting all the way he's like how many are we at seven it was like yeah i mean he, he went through them all this <laughs> took like, a little while this is like yeah i kind of well, here's the thing, a guy that we've been talking about, Lance Lenore, and, and his role here, and if he does make the team, we talked about it last week, and when you see, these are the this is the time that he needs to show up and prove that he can do that, and spe- especially in special teams. And again, it, that is one of the things that he messed up last year as far as when he was given a chance. Yeah. We saw that again, clearly there was not really an improvement there. So 
That, that was disappointing. And the tough part for him is that that isn't, that isn't even a job he probably was going to yeah. win as a returner, yet it could be the thing that might get him, keep him off this team, which is tragic because I think he's had a really good preseason, a really good training camp as a receiver, and that may have been undone a bit. We'll, we'll only see that, but it, it may have been undone. Uh, you know, I hear your point about, well, he, he wasn't making these plays at special teams, you know, of why he was a, a guy, a candidate to make the team because of what he was doing at receiver. However, you get the opportunity when, whenever it is, right. when the lights come on. And, and we've said this for, for years now. These receivers aren't going to make the team of how they catch, how they block, how they tackle, how they play on special teams. It's an opportunity to perform. You know, he did He did have one bad play, the other one. You know, the other one's kind of a – it was a real bad play on Byron Jones. He's yeah. got to be a little bit more aware of that. Yeah, so when you look at those those four, uh, inter- those four turnovers that came from the quarterback specifically, how concerned are you? More concerned today than you were three days ago about the backup quarterback position. I, I have a hard time articulating how I feel about that because – I don't think Cooper Rush is bad by any stretch, but I don't think at any point in either of these two seasons have I been convinced that he's like the answer at backup quarterback, even when he was killing it last year. I mean, he played really well, but uh, I would have had not much more confidence in him to lead this team for a prolonged period of time than Kellen Moore. You know, I mean, maybe he's a little bit better than Kellen Moore, but he's not. You know, he's not going to go Kurt Warner on you and, like, guide your team to the Super Bowl or anything like that. Um, And so I'm kind of – I'm like, I don't think he's good enough, but I don't think most backup quarterbacks are good enough. And honestly – and then in the back of my head, you think about Nick Foles and what he did for the Eagles, and I know – that's the that's the ready-made answer anybody's going to have for you is if I say backup quarterback doesn't really matter anyway, they'll that's that's a great point. It it can it really can and um I'm not I just I'm not sure that anybody on this roster is the guy to be this team's backup, but I don't think the Cowboys are going to go shopping for one. But the interesting part there is can he get to the point where he's good enough no. to be Nick Foles? No. Right. I, uh, no, I don't think so. And, I, and the reason why I, I can say that is with those two throws that I saw, you, you, you cannot play in this league if you can't make all of the throws like that. Now, you can be a good backup. Jason Garrett did it for years. Jason Garrett could not make all the throws. Uh, I mean, um, he, he was a different game plan when Aikman came out. That's just the way that it is. That's okay. Um, there are some quarterbacks that are that way, but you just look at that out throw. Peterson was sitting all over it now. A little bit different knowing that he's not going to get beat deep. They're not going to test him and all that. But the, t- the, the one in the red zone, same thing. It was late. It was, not, it, was, it was not on a rope. It needed to be there. But isn't that more about, or at least could that be more about decision-making that, number one, he was sure. indecisive, didn't get it out as soon as he should have, um, and then it was probably a bad decision on the comeback. It was probably a bad decision to throw that ball in the first place yeah. because of the tight coverage there. And he was he basically was coming back. Like he was, the, the defenders saw that there was an opportunity there. He's going to bite on that. And so to me, I think of that more as bad decision making, not decisive enough to get the ball out when it was when the player was when the receiver was open. Than I do that he didn't have the arm strength to make the throw. Well, I mean, the question was, do you think that he's a guy that could develop into that? And I don't really think so. I mean, because of because of the arm strength. Now, you can get better at some of those other things, the decision-making and all that. These, these quarterbacks do get better, but I think you either have those tools or you don't. That doesn't mean he can't go and win games for you for two or three weeks. It doesn't mean that because quarterbacks can do that. Uh, but I just don't – I don't I mean, I don't think he's one that's going to develop into a starter for some other team one year. I don't think that. You said right there that a cornerback is going to bite on that play, and you're right, but the thing that concerns me is like – bite implies that it was a gamble like (laughs) Patrick Peterson diagnosed that play so well and was so much better than Cooper Rush in that moment that it was like slow-mo like it wasn't a gamble he was like I'm taking this to the house and he knew it yeah if I gave that impression that was not the impression I was trying to give because you're right Patrick Peterson knew from the beginning what was happening in in ideally that is a gamble where like there was the cornerbacks got to make that choice but that's how much better Patrick Peterson was in that right. moment that that play was just on a platter for him and, and much much which of is what not we've what seen, you want to see right and much of what we've seen from Cooper Rush though has been against 
backups. Yeah, he's never so, seen a guy. So he's to, now starting to, to see. He last right. night he got to see. There's right. a big difference between you, the backups and the starters. You know, this offense though, I, I'll, I'll say this: if Scott Linehan is going to continue to run this type of offense, there's going to be a lot more pick sixes because you have to you have to show that this dink and dunk stuff will work every now and again. But if you don't have the threat of a deep ball, then you know there's no reason why Patrick Peterson should be. 100% convinced that Tavon Austin's not going to run by him. But he was, because they're not going to throw it deep like that. They're not going to do that. Well, they tried. Michael Gallup and uh, and, and Cooper Beasley. Rush overthrew Beasley, which I, I love yeah. that play design. No, it was a good, that was a good play design, but, but that Didn't to work. me, was that the play design? I have to watch that again, or did it kind of develop into that? Did he kind of break off? I mean, did, was he running deep, or was it kind of, did it break was, down? I it was know. like a double move type yeah. of situation, but... I don't. I. It's funny because we uh, Jerry Jones talked about it after the game, and he kind of talked out of both sides of his mouth. He was like, "I'm not ready to say that we're gonna look for guys, but I'm not ready to say that I feel great about these two either." Which that's kind of how I feel. Where I'm like, if Dak Prescott for whatever reason were to be unavailable for a period, a lengthy period of time, like more than a game, I would be pretty worried. But I don't know how realistic it is to think that you're going to drastically upgrade this position. I know somebody at home is yelling about Teddy Bridgewater right now. Got to give up too much. I was going to say, what are you giving up for that? Which, yeah. and again, if Nick Foles hadn't just won the Super Bowl for the Eagles, I would just be like, everybody is screwed at backup quarterback. I I can't completely discount that. Like, you can be better off at backup quarterback than this team is clearly, but I don't know what they're going to do about it right now. They could go get your um, idol. Drawing a blank. Who's my idol? <laughs> I don't even know if he's available or not. Jay Cutler? Oh, God. No, please. <laughs> I mean, he is my idol, but he's a reality TV star now. They don't need that. That's true. You know what I would have liked to see in... Touchdown? <laughs> That'd <been laughs> yeah. nice. That would have been nice. Yeah. No, but in the two first games, it, it, I mean... The preseason to me is the perfect time to try out different things and not yeah. worry about the outcome of the game at all, obviously. But I would have liked to see them give some reps or like maybe, I don't know, a few snaps to Cooper Rush and even Mike White behind the whole first team offense and just kind of get a taste of what your backup quarterback could look like when and if that time comes, but with all the right guys around him. Because, again, we know Dak Prescott as a quarterback, yes, he, he's good, but he's not at that greatness level. A, a lot of his good things about him comes along from the outline and what they are able to do and the time they're able to buy him. So I would have loved to see that happening. Obviously, it wasn't going to happen last night's game but the first two games when you're still kind of unsure of these two backup guys why not give them a try just a little bit to get a quick little taste the tough part about that is though then you got to make those decisions of are you going to take Dak off the field while your first team's still out there and that means that that he's not getting those opportunities to get himself ready for the season uh and does that or does that mean you're going to take him out the normal time you would but you're going to keep those other guys Tyron Zach you know, out there longer to be able to give this guy a look behind. That's the tough part. And I'm not saying yeah. you're right or wrong. I'm just saying, I'm saying that's too the, serious. That's the that's tough not part. A you long have to, time but that them. is just that's yeah. what you got to think about. That's what the coaches have to think about is we are exposing our guys a little bit longer or we're not giving Dak the time that maybe he might need to get ready for the season. That's the hard part, you know. And this could always be famous last words, but I mean you're young at quarterback. Dak is six two, two thirty and twenty four years old. This could be, you know, knock on wood, but I'm I'm way more worried about other aspects of this team than your depth at quarterback because yeah. <laughs> Dak Dak well I mean it, don't do it don't do it yeah. don't do it don't do it I mean injuries happen in football but I Dak has given me no reason to be fearful for his health again I, I can hear people screaming at me I'm sorry but. well I, I just don't understand that logic because college football players get hurt all the time so do high school kids I wasn't worried about Travis Frederick but I'm, but again and look what happened good per it it's it's the same logic y'all always use with me when I don't want to play people in the preseason they're like injuries happen yeah I mean obviously something terrible could happen to anybody playing but 
at some point you just got to do what you got to do. Like, am I, I going to give up a third round pick for Teddy Bridgewater? Cause I'm afraid Dak's going to get hurt. I don't really want to do that. You do don't you? have one. Cause you're going to have to give it up for, uh, I'd rather, <laughs> I'd rather give that up for a safety who can help me right now right. than a guy who I Are hope we starting isn't going to play. Well, actually we're about saying. to go to break. When we come back from break, we do have to talk about the defense. They played really well, but they did sustain another injury at the safety position. And what does that mean? Let's do that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. Cowboys fans know that the second best of anything simply won't cut it. And your skincare should be no different. A longtime locker room favorite of the players and the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Dallas-based Jack Black, is the number one best-selling men's skincare brand in the country because we make products that help guys look, smell, and feel better. Visit GetJackBlack.com Cowboys to get $10 off your first order of $50 or more. Jack Black. Look good. Smell good. Feel Good, official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys. Star Sports Tours is the only official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, offering exclusive game weekend travel packages with sideline access and photo ops with current players, alumni, and cheerleaders. That's not all, though. You'll get to talk X's and O's with Senior Director of Player Personnel, Will McClay, and, of course, with yours truly, me, Brian Broadus. You can trust the official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and with us, you'll travel like a pro. Visit CowboysTravel.com to book your travel package today. Before there was a draft, you could size up a cowboy by three simple factors. The crease in his hat, the bend of his brim, and his unbending attitude. A man Stetson didn't just protect him from what life threw at him. It projected a rugged, unstoppable spirit. Stetson hats are still American-made with pride right here in Texas. They're still the unofficial crown of all self-respecting cowboys. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find a retailer nearest you at Stetson.com cowboys. What does it mean to be a Dallas Cowboys fan? It means you've got the passion and the heart to do your part supporting the boys no matter what. That's why when the game's on the line, you're on your feet, whether you're at home or in the stands. Actually, you're more than a fan. You are a member of Cowboys Nation, and so is AT&T, doing their part to keep you connected to America's team all season long. AT&T is a proud member of Cowboys Nation. Back to the break. Welcome back. It's the second segment of The Break, live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. We appreciate you guys taking some time with us today. Uh, we're dissecting that game from last night. I think the, the crew kind of feels like it was much ado about nothing, literally and figuratively. But um, let's let's get into the defense. I thought, uh, Dave, you mentioned earlier in the first segment that the defense, you thought the defense, first-team defense played really well. That's now three games where all we've seen of this first-team defense is really good football. Um how much are you buying into into that kind of hype? And do you think that this team really has the ability maybe to make this defense not just pretty good, but maybe possibly elite? Uh, I'm buying everything I'm seeing so far, which is, like, I, it's really promising. It's still preseason. I thought Sean Lee had a great quote last night. Um, I'm paraphrasing, but he essentially said, we gotta we gotta put the stats and the wins and the takeaways and this performance on paper for real before we can really talk about anything. And as of right now, we've proven nothing. And I think that's true. Yeah. Uh, it they the early returns are fantastic. Like I mean, you know, the linebackers are active. Randy Gregory looked fantastic last night. The whole pass rush really, and that's even without Malik Collins playing. Um, the the cornerbacks, I, I not I mean Cheeto and Byron have been good all training camp, but the guys on the back end of the depth chart really rebounded. I thought Jordan Lewis played great last night. Uh, Charvarius Ward made two or three really nice plays before yeah. he got hurt. Kayvon Frazier was flying around. Lot to like. I gotta see it when it matters before I'm sitting here trying to convince anybody that this is a dominant I mean, unit. Because every time I think about, I agree with that everything you're saying. Every time I think about how good this defense is looking, and it has looked really really good. Can't you just see Christian McCaffrey just kind of going off in that first game, you know, in Carolina and break down and the linebacker wasn't there and all of a sudden he's 45 yards? You don't see it? I don't. Well, I, I mean, I may, maybe I should. The, the reason why I don't is because I think maybe for – I shouldn't say the first time, but maybe first time in a long time, I think they got the kind of linebackers that can run. I mean, I've seen – they've had some linebackers that are pretty good. These linebackers can run. I don't think anybody's running away from these guys. They can they can move. And I think from that standpoint, like maybe a receiver does that, 
a guy like Christian McCaffrey, though, I'm not certain he can do that against this team. Well, he can run. Yeah, he can run. Okay. No doubt he can run. Yeah. And then they have another guy, too, Samuel, I think. Yeah. I don't know. We're, we're not Curtis we're not at Samuel. Panther. Panther. DJ Moore. Oh, yeah. I just my, – my thing is, and I thought about that because, you know, it's classic. It's fan 101 to be like, whoa. We didn't have Tyron and Zach. Of course we weren't any good. Dak and Z, of course they were bad. But then Cardinals fans are over there saying like, well, yeah, David Johnson didn't play. Mm-hmm. Uh, who's Larry Fitzgerald didn't play. Right. And so I'm racking my brain. Who's the baddest ass that has gone against this defense? This preseason? Yeah. Probably A.J. Green. Yeah. He had a nice – I mean, he had some nice gains in that game. He got behind the uh, – he, he, I mean, he caught at least one or two passes for some yards. I think he beat um, – was it Cheeto? Am I making that up? I, I gotta look, but I can't remember that. I'm again. I've been very impressed with what I've seen, but that's that's all you can say. I can't take that into the regular season and say right. this is what it will be. Very encouraging start, but it's still preseason football. Now the big the big question mark now is they had another safety go down in Kayvon Frazier. Uh, he hurt his shoulder. Um, tell us the status of that injury and kind of where he is right now, or at least what they know at this point, not ne- not necessarily that they know everything at this point. I had an MRI uh, this morning. Um, I've not seen yet the results. Are, am I missing that? No, I haven't seen anything. I mean, Kayvon told everybody. Kayvon yeah. and Jerry both said he'll probably be fine. Kay- Again, file this under football players are crazy because he was saying, he was like, I was trying to slam it back into place on the field so I wouldn't have to come off, and I'm just like, I would be weeping in a in the fetal position if that were me. <laughs> That's why you don't play. I don't know. No, you're right. Um, he says he's going to be fine. He That's says the reason. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, Among other things, um, that broke my heart. He says when he, he was coming off, and then I, he's trying to come off, and then just falls down to the ground. I'm just glad it wasn't worse. Yeah, um, yeah. down goes Frazier. Really, who typed? That? Oh, I didn't even. Wow, who, I didn't even put that who together. Who typed that? Nice. Not you, not me. Wow, that's an upset. That's a good um, one. <laughs> Hopefully, it's the only time we ever use that. Yeah. yeah. He, uh, is that you, Kent? Oh, yeah. That's good. Nice. And, and the best part about that is, is that reference is still like 40 years before Kent was even born. So no doubt. Good. Yeah, it was that's a long good. time ago. Howard good job. Um, Alan goes He said he would come back in if it was a regular season game. I don't know if that's true. That's You can never 100% take a player's word for it because they're going to try to play. They're, you know... They are trying to downplay it so they can get back on. Frazier wanted to play with the blood clot. Exactly. No, for sure. So whatever was going on. Yeah, Yeah, he's like, I'm in. I think he's fine, but that bears monitoring because the player's assessment of himself is usually a little more optimistic than the 100 percent truth. But just from talking to him last night, he said he wasn't even really in any pain. So I think he's okay. Especially, he's probably not a guy that would play on Thursday anyway. So I think, you know, with 10 or 12 days, whatever it is to get ready, I think he'll be okay. That would have been iffy, I think. You know, with, with let's say Xavier Woods uh, was healthy. I, I think Frazier might have played. I mean, it's possible. Possible. But now I think I agree with the injury plus the situation that they have to count on him to be a starter. Well, that's. They don't, they don't do anything. I wrote that last week. Is like, not that I, I thought Kayvon Frazier was making this team from day one, but if for some reason there was doubt, it's gone. I mean, like he's yeah, you got to think of him as your starter for the time being, unless something happens in the next week. I'll tell you who I did not like out of there really was Marquest and Huff. Oof. I thought there was a couple of yeah, plays couple, where yeah. he he just looked like a guy that hadn't played in a while. Angles weren't good, and that you have to have good angles at safety. Was that touchdown his a little bit of his work? Yes, it was all his. Yes, work. all right, he, not all. I mean, it was eleven like guys on the field, but he had a shot. He made took a bad. Where angle did he go to school? Wyoming, maybe. Mark Weston Huff? No, maybe not Wyoming. I don't remember something like that. Um, wherever it, it was like high school, college of like, oh, I'm faster. I can go get this guy. And next thing you know, he's just that would have been like a nine yard gain if he had taken a better angle or gotten there quicker. Yeah. So do you think the Cowboys have to, at this point, go out and try to find more bodies um, because of the fact that, obviously, Xavier Woods is injured, um, and now you don't know. I mean, you think Kayvon Frazier's Wyoming. fine. But even if he's fine with with a dislocated shoulder, does that make you nervous, or should it make the Cowboys nervous enough to where they need to find more bodies just to have going into the season? I'll say this, and this is just my perception. Um, I feel that Chris Richard, he's a very upfront guy, and he doesn't really dance around his answers or hesitate when answering. He's very direct. Um, Last night during the locker room when the media was talking to him and asked him about the safety position and concerns there, he he said he didn't really know the severity of 
Kayvon's injury. But when asked about what's happening with safety, I felt that his answer, he, he still gave somewhat of a, you know, what you expect to hear. But the way he answered, it wasn't as confident and direct as he usually is. It was more kind of like um, trying words to say what he needs to say, but fighting off, I guess, what he's feeling inside. Carefully you know? say what he exactly, wants to say. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, this is getting... <laughs> A little out of hand. I mean, at some point, you know, he's he's like, I mean, even he's probably the most optimistic person there is. But at yeah. some point, it's like, all right, well, what what else has to happen here? I mean, we we've got to do something, and maybe it's not the guy that everybody wants or or that I want, but I mean, it's got to be somebody else. Right. Um, I, I think when that when that waiver wire hits on Saturday. Um, there's just going to be a lot of uh, I have a lot of trades. It's going to be a really crazy Saturday and and Sunday. I hope it doesn't buckle in, bleed into the Sunday night game. Yeah, that'd be nice. I mean, I won't <laughs> get all that stuff done before Sunday I'll, night. Right? I'm gonna I'll need an assist if that's what happens because I won't be in any condition. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say I don't know if it. I even want you writing anything. Good come point. Sunday night. That's probably a bad idea. LSU Miami at the stadium. I'll be there. That's awesome. Mm. You going? I. We'll see. I might be the one having to write some of these stories. <laughs> you might be the one that gets tagged in yeah. to, to write that night. Believe We're a team. Me. We, yeah, we are. are. Believe me. There, Dave has done it for on, on the other side more times than I've done it. had something oh, going on. Not even that. It just does all the, all the time. So yeah. I, I, hopefully, though, it'll be – and, and we're, we're speaking like this because we've, we've seen it too often. Mm-hmm. The, the cuts will be made – Five, three o'clock, five, five o'clock on Saturday, something like that. Yeah. Um, they changed that rule a couple years ago, or, or changed the time, but it'll be Saturday afternoon. They'll make the cuts. Somebody, probably even on our staff, will will say something stupid and say final cuts when nothing is really final. <laughs> and then, then, and then the the, the waiver weird, uh, wire weird. will will start. It it'll is kind of weird. It'll be weird, yeah. yeah. Uh, then. 24 hours from that, some guy thinks he's made the team, is going to get cut. They're going to pick up a claim guy. guy off waivers. They're going to make a trade. I feel for so, that guy even more than I feel for oh, the guy the first wave. Because yeah, you think, you know, they call home, tell the family, I made it, I made I'm it on the team. Own. I made it. And then they get that phone call a day later, and it's just like, yeah. I'll tell you who I don't feel bad for. I don't feel bad for the guy who makes the team on that Saturday and then goes to watch his college football team play and then gets told by a teammate, hey, <laughs> come on, we better make it for this 8 a.m. meeting. And he says, nah. I'll be fine. I'll get there later, and then doesn't show do up, that? and then gets cut. Who would do that? Anybody yeah. would do that? And then never plays in the league again. No, that's it. Yeah, don't do that. All right, um, let's let's talk about Randy Gregory, who got a sack last night. Uh, played pretty well. Continues to play really well. Um, and then after the game, some report comes up. To be honest with you, oh, wait, 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 wait. Clarence Hill in the pre- I'm sorry, sorry to cut quick. you off, but Clarence Hill and a veteran sports writer in the press box. Actually, cut somebody off for saying the same thing about report, and he says, "No, that's not no. a report. A report is an actual story. That is a, a rumor. Yeah. That's a rumor. You know, right. and and, I, and that's where I was going with okay. it. And you're right. I should correct yeah. that and say it better. My and I told you this this morning in my office. Anytime I see one person, one person that says something on Twitter that's that big, and no one corroborates it." You don't hear any of the national guys, the yeah. Schefters, the Mortensons. Nobody was out there saying, I'm hearing it too. That makes me question the validity of the tweet. And certainly there hasn't been anything else that's come out about it. Last night it seemed to be everywhere and everybody was talking about it, but nobody could corroborate it. And that doesn't mean to say that maybe something comes out later. Who knows? All I'm saying is at this point, and I assume you guys can, can chime in on this at this point, it doesn't seem like there's much to this. The tweet said... I expect, but I'm hearing there might be more trouble on the horizon for Randy Gregory. And this is a former NFL writer. Yes, former NFL. He's now with Yahoo, I think. I thought he was with CBS. Maybe CBS. Couldn't even tell you for sure. Maybe CBS. Um, yeah, no, it's it's. I'm at at best, it's reckless, and at worst, it's malicious. Honestly. Oh wow. No, I mean that that's true. No, that's I, I get it, but I, that would be really that's at, really at yeah. its best, yeah. it's reckless. Yeah. Be, I mean, give me something. Yeah, yeah, Follow no, up no. or wait. You to can't get put it. somebody's name out there like that without having more than just absolutely. I'm hearing, and you know? and I I don't really believe this. I work in media. I understand the way it works too well to think that it's genuinely malicious. But, like, you could convince me that it is in a worst-case scenario because it's so just 
brazenly outside of what you would consider like ethical or responsible journalism. And the thing that sucks for Randy Gregory, and we asked Jerry Jones last night, Randy didn't talk. We asked Jerry Jones, he said, I haven't heard anything other than that. We know that this is going to be a daily battle where Randy's always going to have to worry about this, which is, he said that more times than I can count. Uh, he said, I, I, yeah, why would we be playing if we didn't expect him to be ready for the start of the season? Steven Jones follows that up today by saying, we haven't heard anything, but the club is not part of the league's process. So we would be the last people to know if there was anything, which if you're listening at home and you kind of don't understand the way this works is a lot of these national reporters have sources within the league office. Right. Like they're not hearing this from Cowboys sources, which is where we get most of our information. Right. It's very plausible that he, that there could be a source in the league office in New York that told him something. That's, that was primarily the reason also though, that I said that, it was it yeah. was curious to me that you didn't have other right. national guys chime exactly. in because they also have sources at the league. And office. since then, I mean, I think every reporter in the Dallas area has has gotten in touch with a Cowboys source who says we haven't heard anything. Uh, I've heard other things from people who have sources in the league office who are like, we don't know what that's about. Um, so as of right now, like I'm tempted to say it's BS. But the thing that sucks is. Well, it's such a fine it's going to remain such a fine line for Randy Gregory for the foreseeable future is as I understand it, forget a failed drug test, a missed drug test right. is game over. Yep. You know, so season over. He could he could very well be right just because Randy has such a fine line to walk. But as of right now, I haven't heard anything that suggests there's anything to that, which to circle back why are you quote unquote reporting it if yeah. you don't have anything else to go on? It's reckless, uh, and I just thought it sucked. And and then the thing that sucks even more about it is that you want to be excited about it for him. You want you want to pull for him, um, and you watch him on the field. And I mean, you know, Arizona was trying to block him with a left tackle and a running back. And he this uh, on the sack that he made. And I know I said this on, on, to you in the press box, but. Everything you want out of a pass rusher, he he gave it to you right there. Um, he gave. I mean, he he was the first off the line. I mean, he burst off the line. Uh, the left tackle had no shot. Then he then he like bull rushed him back. The running back tried to get in the way. He spun through that, and then the awareness to find the quarterback and then bring him down. I mean, only only thing he didn't do was was strip the ball for a fumble. I mean, like it, it was an outstanding play. I know it was one play. But it was a really an outstanding play that shows, man, this guy's got all the tools. And kind of real quick, uh, Kent, if you can play that clip, you just played the clip of it, play it back, because I want fans to see how quickly he got off the ball. And it wasn't an offsides penalty. He got off the ball. He was already yeah. running before the offensive line even moved. I mean, it was just, and that shows you just how athletic, how quick this guy is. Like, when, he showed the, when you showed the view that was from the end zone, you could see it really well. It was just... It's amazing how fast, how quick he gets off the ball and uh, and was into uh, into the offensive lineman before he even was out of his stance, and that's that's pretty remarkable. It's pretty remarkable. It's amazing. Here it is, right here. Just, I mean, a full beat before anybody even moves. Yeah, that wasn't much of a chip there. No, we probably and we've we're we're talking about it. We've talked a lot about it. We're still probably not talking enough about how amazing it is that he's made as much progress yeah. as he has, yeah. and. Who knows if it carries forward to the regular season? Who knows for sure if he even plays in the regular season, yeah. apparently. But uh, it's remarkable how much he has done. I mean, he missed the first two weeks of camp because they were being careful with him. And he's just been – it's been a freight train ever since. It's been crazy. Yeah, let's take our final break. We'll come back. I want to hear from you guys. You guys give us a call. The number is 888 Talking big picture, what things are you concerned about here heading into the season, heading into the final preseason game, and then getting ready for the opening of the season? We'll do that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com Radio. It can be hard to find the right resource for learning about important financial matters. You search how to build savings, you end up reading about the one weird ingredient from supermarkets that can make you taller. That's why Bank of America built BetterMoneyHabits.com, a safe little corner of the Internet for answering your financial questions. 
Full of simple videos and tips, Better Money Habits can show you how to make the most of your money without resorting to random searches that always seem to lead to unbelievable photos of childhood stars grown up. To learn more, visit BetterMoneyHabits.com. I definitely have an Instagram foodie thing, but the low-light camera on my new Samsung Galaxy S9 from AT&T is getting me a whole new world of likes and shares. Baskets of bread by candlelight, colorful fruit plates in full sun, even a dimly lit Cobb salad was recently hailed as a masterpiece. Come in now and ask how to get half off the new Samsung Galaxy S9 from AT&T. AT&T, more for your thing. That's our thing. Limited time only. See store for details or att.com slash Samsung 50. The dual aperture supports F1.5 mode and F2.4 mode. Dual aperture is installed on the rear camera. Oh, I am craving a Dr. Pepper. I got some soda. I asked not for soda. I asked for ice cold, craveable Dr. Pepper. Its flavor is more one of a kind than a foretold sloth with a thirst for speed. <laughs> so stop settling for soda and start demanding Dr. Pepper. I love sloths. When you crave a Dr. Pepper, nothing else will do. Grab an ice-cold 20-ounce Dr. Pepper today. Dr. Pepper, the one you crave. To work this big land, you need equipment with values rooted as deep in Texas soil as you are. Like John Deere compact tractors with a six-year powertrain warranty and big features that help you work less so you have more time to do what you love. John Deere was first in the Texas fields, and we're proud to be on the field as the official ag and turf equipment of the Dallas Cowboys. Find Texas-sized deals at myjohndeerdealer.com slash football. Terms, conditions, exclusions, and warranty limitations apply. See dealer for details. Back to the break. The Cowboys did not make it to the end zone last night, but that doesn't mean you should ignore yours. Put Tommy John on your end zone. Underwear that's guaranteed to never ride up. Trust me, I wear it. It's like nothing you've ever worn before. It's backed by the best pair you'll ever wear, or it's free. Shop exclusive Cowboys underwear at TommyJohn.com forward slash Cowboys. You get 20% off your first order. That's TommyJohn.com forward slash Cowboys. Thank you. Get your Tommy John today. They called the front end zone? Huh? On your end zone. Because he's got an ass. That's right. Damn right. So. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. Open we up want... that debate again of who I was talking about. Yeah. Uh, we want some questions. Give us a call, 888-855-2297. Again, it is 888-855-2297. We are going to start with a call from Al in Pennsylvania. Al, what up? Hey, what's up, guys? What's up? Hi, Amber. How are you? Hey. Um, just a few things. I have a lot. Um, since uh, I, I've done the roster about four times, 53-man roster, and instead of going with seven wide receivers, I would go all four of our halfbacks since the identity of our team is running. I would take all of them. In regards to Rico um, Gathers, I'm sick of him. He blew a hot read last night, and my idea is this. If you are if you are drafted and you miss all of last year, are you put, is he putting in the same kind of time that Sean Lee was putting in when he was injured? I don't think he is, so I don't think he's committed. And in regards to why are we saving a nice cherry on top of the game last night for us positively, would have been Dan Bailey kicking a field goal and not some guy's going to get cut. I didn't like Austin's uh, effort level when Mr. Peterson's running down the sidelines. He could at least try and tackle the guy like Zeke last year in Denver. And to answer your question, Derek, real quick, I'm an old school Cowboy fan. I would like to, you know, I'm like, you know, preseason, at least get a few a few series to, you know, to get ready for the series, to get ready for the season, because when Zeke fumbles like he has the second game, the second um, week, his rookie year at Washington, and last year when he got off to a slow start, is Coach Jones going to raise his hand and say, sorry, I sabotaged Jason Garrett in preseason game three? Thanks. Okay. Uh, thank I don't know you. what that last part meant, but I don't either. Thank- Man, that that is that guy needs to take a breath. Like that was no, he no, was, no. He was, he's been his, he's first, point, no. his first point. I actually thought like Get that has it. some merit to it. I love it. he got to it. How do you remember the first? And point? And he did it because <laughs> I wrote it down. But but no, let's 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 talk about that first point because he his point was look, you have a team that is built around the running game. Why wouldn't you carry more running backs? Then carrying more receivers. And I heard Brian even further that point a little bit earlier. And he was saying, especially when you got a bunch of receivers that are very much the same from the standpoint of their level of expected production. Like I, there's not a big difference between these guys. So if that's the case, why wouldn't you try to maybe carry an additional running back and or two additional running backs and, and only go five wide receivers, let's say? Because you have the best running back in the NFL. Arguably, I mean, if he's not here, he's in Pittsburgh or, or L.A. 
I mean, like, this is one of the top three backs in the league. So what is four running backs going to do for you? What is Darius Jackson or and Scarborough going to do for you when you don't really want to give either one of them the football? I don't, I don't under, I mean, I, I get the point about the running team. And if you had a bunch of running backs that were kind of all the same, that makes sense. But, you know, like New England can carry four running backs because none of them are that much different than each other. But I don't think that's the case here. Not only that, and y'all know I'm I'm a fan of both of those guys. I love Darius Jackson, and and I've said before how unique I think Bo's skill set is. You're still, I mean, if you're in dire straits, like they're not giving you anything that you can't find around the NFL. Like, I mean, you can go back to the draft day debate if you want to about the nature of the running back position, especially if you have a good offensive line. It's easily filled. I mean, you you know, if you get to that point where you need both of those guys somebody's on a practice squad or, or on the street even. Um, so that doesn't worry me. I will. I mean, I, I have made the argument that you could keep seven receivers before. I certainly don't feel like that's necessary as we sit here today. Um, six still feels realistic to me, but even if you want to go five, that's fine. But I would use that roster spot on something like safety or offensive line before I worried about running back. There was one of his points. I was like in the middle. I can't remember all of them. Rico was the second point that he made. He was saying that he's tired of Rico. He says that he doesn't think Rico puts in the, the amount of work oh, that's necessary. And- you know what? If you're starting to compare people's efforts with, with uh, Sean Lee in the film, uh, you're going to have 52 guys that, that need to be cut because <laughs> nobody does what Sean Lee does. And I understand point. the point about if you're hurt and you're banged up and all that, but I, what I, I think that you might be not or might be forgetting and i think all of us aren't really sure what happened nobody really knows what happened last year with rico uh, not not on the outside there's a weird thing i've never seen it before concussion in the middle of this or of training camp and then all of a sudden he's out for the whole season i think there's more to it than that so i don't know about his effort and all that stuff i i, I think that that was a two-way street uh, I know he's here, he's committed, he's playing. Yes, he has some busts, whatever, but you also can't ignore the fact that he makes more plays. He's making plays out there when he's getting the opportunity. He catches the ball just about every time. He's got big, strong hands. I mean, I there are things that, that are correctable, in my opinion, that you can do with him. I think he's an everyday, every game inactive. That's what I think. I think he'll be the highest paid practice squad player in the league because I think he'll be on the team inactive. But I think game. that's a waste. If If they put him on this roster – and they don't find a way to use him, if for nothing else than to give you another option in the red zone, I think that's a waste, and it's maybe. not worth maybe keeping him on this roster. I, I, just look I mean, just look at where he is and what he, he's continuing to get better. Uh, he's going to continue to learn. Now, if they this thing goes bad and there's a new offense and all that stuff, that could be a huge setback. But uh, I just think, you know, this is you, you want him to – if you could get him on the practice squad, you would do it. I just don't know if you can. You yeah, might. I don't think you can. I want to address the last thing and talk about a player who's actually going to make a difference for the Cowboys this year. Um, <laughs> sorry. I, I don't know why. I don't know why I felt the need That's to fine. take a shot like that. But uh, Ouch. Okay. There's no doubt about it. Uh, week two against the Broncos is the worst game of Ezekiel Elliott's career to this point. And in his second game against the Redskins in his rookie year, he had fumble problems. We talk about him playing poorly against the Giants in 2016. He had 83 yards and a touchdown in his first NFL game. That was a really good defense. Miss me with that. He ran for 104 yards on 24 carries, averaged 4.3 per carry, and had five receptions for 36 in the season opener last year. If that's a bad game, it's not great by the standard that we've gotten used to from Zeke. If that's a bad game, miss me with that too. So basically what you're saying is, by not getting a lot of work in the preseason, Zeke plays solid in the opener and then forgets how to play in week two. That no, that's crap. Um, Some, something's got to give then in week two because he's not a good week two player, but he's pretty good against the Giants. So he is pretty good against the something, Giants. Something's going to give there. It's true. Um, I think no, Zeke, yeah, those are better stats than I thought in the, in, at a week one. Yeah, it was week two. Both of those years, week two time. was. I mean, yeah, he fumbled twice against the Redskins, and everybody was, was ready benched. to sit him. Yeah, he, he, he did. Well, get no, but I'm saying they. Oh, I remember week yeah. three against the Bears was like Morris needs to play, and then Zeke ran for one forty five or something. Hurdling like that. people. Um, I just Zeke is on that level. He is. I if he's not the best back in the game, he's in the conversation, and I just don't think he needs to be out there in the preseason. Yeah, you mentioned the New York Giants. They agree. Real quick. God, your boy got paid. Odell. Oh, yeah. Got paid five years, $95 million, $65 million guaranteed for a wide receiver. 
And the Cowboys are going the opposite way. That's the interesting part is the strategy of the Cowboys is, hey, we're not going to necessarily go with the high-paid wide receiver. Whoa, whoa. We're going to kind of mix. What? Whoa, whoa. what? If they had that blonde-haired guy running around no, catching passes, yes, they'd be yes. paying ninety-five. Yeah, no, I get, I get that, but but their strategy, like they let Des walk, I, and their strategy was we're going to go the route of really focusing on our like, passing game and we I mean, our running game, and we think we can use receivers that are a little more mid-level I, I agree. to be able to get the sword. Now that may change next year. Yeah, when, if they if if, if all one. the wheels fall off and they're drafting in the top five, and there's this really really great wide receiver. Then strategies shift, and all of a sudden now we're going to get a high, I mean a high, you know, mm-hmm. a, a high draft choice wide receiver. But right now it's just interesting the difference from, in strategy. In forty-seven career games from Odell Beckham, um, he's played forty-seven career games. In the past fifteen years, no wideout in the NFL has more catches, yards, or touchdowns to this point in his career. So I'm he he's pretty damn good. You know uh, when you think about athletically of the running backs in the league. I know he hasn't played a snap, but I know Saquon Barkley athletically does things that a lot of running backs really can't do. We'll see how he goes to the field. Uh, athletically, I don't know if there's anyone that's really better than him, than Odell, maybe Antonio Brown, but he's not as – I mean, it's, it's not the same type of athletic player. Tight end, I mean, Evan Ingram is one of the more athletic tight ends. Yeah. So they've got, from a skill set standpoint, and they got a quarterback doesn't miss that many, he doesn't miss any games if, if he's not, you know, if they're his not. Own team offensive line team is their big, yeah. that's their big question well, mark now, right now. How are they going to pay one? Yeah. yeah. Although, which. They, they drafted one, right? Or two? Yeah, I mean, they drafted Flowers, and he's a disaster. I know, I know, I know. But uh, no, you're right. They've, I think they drafted first or second round. They drafted. They somebody. drafted Will Hernandez. That's right. Right. Yeah. Um, oh, yes. Actually, well, I know we're not into the <laughs> yes. we're not into the week by week, you know, routine of the season yet. Yeah. But Olivier Vernon twisted his ankle pretty seriously, yeah. and it sounds like it's going to be dicey if he's there for the season opener. Which, if it's dicey for the opener, maybe it's dicey for week two. Also, maybe. So, we'll see. That defense is really good. So. Remember last year when the uh, Beckham thing went out, and was it was it you that were like he he's not playing, and I was like definitely he's playing. And you said I saw him in his eyes or something like that. He's yeah. not playing. I don't remember that. Yeah, I was totally off on that <laughs> one. Yeah, Amber was right. She saw it in his eyes. Or some that that was a maybe I'm thinking of something different. No, it was. It's funny yeah. though. I mean, I re- there's what Odell's probably played six games against the Cowboys at this point because I know he missed. If he didn't miss both games last year, then he missed at least one. Like he's ba- he obviously had the amazing game in fourteen with the one hander. That was when he hit the scene, like sure. really oh, hit the scene, un- unbelievably oh, yeah. Yeah. so. Um, and he caught two touchdowns in his first game against them that year. But like other than those two, really, he hadn't. Uh, he has not killed the Cowboys. Hold on, there was a game. Was it the same game with the one hander? I don't think so. There was a game that was really close, and he caught a slant over the middle oh, and just broke away from he Church did. It and Carr. No, and that was the that was the second game that the Cowboys or the that was the ten seven was the ten seven game. Yeah, it was the only play he made. It was the yeah. only play anybody made in that crap right. yes. game. Right. Yeah. Uh, you're right. Okay. So <laughs> that was that was one I remember of him just like you know, hey, Brandon, Brandon Carr's been playing pretty good. That's right. You know, like, like sixty five so, yard touchdown, Odell Beckham. <laughs> So, he, but I mean, so he's had eight possible chances to play the Cowboys, and all things considered, he has not just crushed them the way that some other rival players he's have. Good. But you know, the interesting part about that is that seems to be the way. Good. That seems to be the way it is a lot of times, though, in divisions where you know you have a really great player and they're good against the rest of the league, and where they find their struggles a lot of times will happen against division teams. And yeah. I think it's because they know them so well. Sure, they know how to take away some of the things they but like to do. I that mean, doesn't mean they're not going to be great still, but sometimes. Division, if you go and look at like stats of, of really great players, usually you'll find a game or two every season where they're in the division where it's not that great. Absolutely, you and know? your division opponents are going to know you better. But right. like, ask Giants fans about Jason Witten. I bet you they'll, they feel some type of way about that. Or yeah. Fletcher Cox comes to mind. Like He always seems like he shows up when he plays the Cowboys. So I don't know. Just yeah. something to keep an eye on. Now that I've said this, Odell's going to catch 10 for 250. Go crazy. On, yeah. Go on crazy. Sunday. Oh, but he is a rich man now. He's a very big rich Big time. Man. 41 million guaranteed. Yeah. All right. We appreciate you guys joining us. We'll be back tomorrow. Uh, check the website for the time. We don't know exactly what time yet. There's a lot of stuff, moving parts over here. But we'll let you know uh, sometime later this afternoon. Until then, for Nick Eatman, Dave Hellman, Amber Garcia, I'm Derek Eagleton. This has been The Break live on DallasCowboys.com. Radio.
This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys?